Welcome back to our podcast series entitled Friend of the Father, where together we open up God's Word and seek to develop a deeper and more meaningful relationship with Him. If you'd like any more information about who we are and our times of worship, please visit traderspointchurch.org. With that said, please grab your Bibles and join along in our study today. Hello and welcome back to our podcast entitled Friend of the Father. We want to thank you for joining us for episode 17, which is also the last episode of this series that we've been doing over the past several months. Now the podcast will continue, so please continue to follow that um, as we move forward, but we'll be changing our topic up and we'll tell you more about that later. But today we want to do a little bit of a wrap-up summary episode of the past 17 weeks that we've spent talking about this topic entitled Friend of the Father. We've spent our time talking about how to draw closer to God and and what a, a deep, meaningful relationship with Him really looks like. We've used different characters and stories throughout Scripture uh, to help draw out some application for us. And so we're just going to, this today we're going to take just a few minutes to talk about some of the main takeaways that we've had from this study together. And uh, hopefully it'll serve as a good a good summary episode for you if you've been following along with us over the past several months. So Jeremy, let's start with maybe just kind of recapping where we've been. We've kind of broken this uh, series up into uh, several different headings or topics, if you will. So maybe just kind of let's start there by just by just summarizing some of the main uh, topics that we've been talking about. Yeah, I mean, we started, uh, you know, long, you know, several weeks ago now, and we kind of springboard in a lot of ways off of Exodus chapter 33, kind of the beginning of verse 11, where you have, you know, Moses there and and talking specifically about his relationship with God, and and it says the Lord spoke to Moses face to face as a man does to his friend, and so we kind of took that idea of that really intimate, very close relationship that God himself even references and to make the point that that should be something we would want, that that's something we would we should desire, that not just some cursory acquaintance-like uh, relationship with God, but a close one, a personal one. And so the the first question certainly is, you know, is that even possible? Is it possible to have a relationship with God as close and as personal as, as maybe even Moses was, as we read about in the book of Exodus. And, and certainly it is, because that's the relationship that God wants to have with us. And so we're building off of that, and then we kind of broke it up into, you know, how is it then that we start walking our way towards him, getting closer to him? He wants to have that relationship. He's come all the way, and now it's, it's on my shoulders. How close do I want to get to him. And so, yeah, just topic wise, you know, we kind of started off with, you know, the idea of how important that relationship is, that it really is the defining relationship. We have lots of relationships in this life, and we've used a lot of them per illustrations. But it really is the defining relationship, and so it should be the relationship that we spend our time and our effort and our energy on, you know, kind of honing and getting close. And so we talked a little bit about certainly what that relationship is, uh, you know, countered with a little with that relationship is not, that it isn't on the surface. You know, we kind of talked about that, that's, you know, hey, I'm doing what God says. That equals a great relationship. Well, that, that doesn't equal a great relationship. Well, I go to church all the time. That equals a great relationship. No, th- those are those are are surface things. Those are good things, and those those things stem off of a good relationship with God, but a good relationship with God is in the heart, and so we, we kind of took that idea, and, and you, you, we, we began with an understanding of who God is, his power, his uh, presence, his abilities, and, and now that thought of 
I understand who he is. I should want to get closer to him. He is the creator. He is the sustainer. He is the one with all, with all things are possible. So I should want to be close to him. And so then we, how do you do that? Well, you've got to talk to him. We've looked at various characters and their prayer life and their conversation with God and lessons to learn from that allowing him to talk to us, right? So now we're talking about communication, and that is our our study habits, you know, really in a lot of ways. And then we really spent time in now thinking about practicality of that, real life. That should make me want to spend more time with people in that same vein, for sure. And then we kind of close with looking at various examples of people who had good relationships with God and lessons that we could learn from their example. Yeah, I thought one of the things that really stood out, and even as you were talking there just now, over the past several weeks, it's been so clear as we go through each of these uh, individuals who had a meaningful relationship with God and looked at ways that we can have that same type of relationship. One of the things that just continued to stand out to me was that's how God created us to be. He He created us and has always intended for us to have that type of a relationship with him, one that is meaningful and deep and personal and intimate. And go all the way back to the garden. You, you can see that with Adam and Eve and the way that he spoke to them and the way that he interacted with them, the way that he created us in his image and in his likeness. That's the way he created us to be. And, and you can see the consequence of sin throughout history as that separates us from God. And, and we get the, the stories of these, these characters throughout Scripture who, who dedicated themselves to preserving or rebuilding or deepening that relationship with God. And it's such, it's such an impactful lesson for me today to just take a look back and realize this is what God intended for me. He, he created me to have a deep, meaningful relationship with him. And so if, if I take a survey of my life and I realize I don't have that kind of a relationship with him, that's on me because he created me to have that relationship with him. And so if I don't, then, then I'm the one that needs to make some changes and I think that has been really evident to me over the course of this study is the importance of, of taking that inventory periodically in my life, using some of the examples in Scripture to see, okay, my relationship with God right now isn't what I want it to be and what I know it should be. Let me look at some examples of others who have gone through the process of, of strengthening and deepening that relationship with God. And let me see how I can do the same because I know that he created me to do that. And so now I, I just need to, I need to make the changes in my life so that I can have that type of relationship with him. And that, that's one of the things that has really stood out to me over the course of the study. And certainly one of the things I'm going to take with me from this that's been really impactful. Yeah, you know, you think about just big picture. I mean, just big picture of the Bible itself, literally from the very beginning to the very end. It is the story of relationship, really, in a lot of ways. I mean, it's certainly the story of redemption. There's no question about that. And and you know, oftentimes people will say, "Well, the you know the story of the Bible is Jesus," and and it is. It, it he is there from the beginning. He is there, you know, all the way to the very end. There's no question about that. 
But even in the story of Jesus, that is because of relationship, right? Yeah. Because you have there at the very beginning that relationship that God shared with Adam and Eve in the garden because of sin was broken. And now you have his desire to want that kind of relationship with man. And now how do you get that back? Well, you've Mm -hmm. got to do something about sin. And it was Jesus who did something about sin. And so now Jesus becomes the key component, no question about it, but he is the key component to a relationship with God. Yeah. And so you see that now in the pages of the New Testament. Certainly the book of Hebrews talks at length about how it is that Jesus now makes it possible to have this kind of relationship we've spent all these weeks talking about. And so when you really think about it, I mean, the story of the Bible is is relationship. Mm -hmm. It is God's desire to have a relationship with us. And so when we think about it that way, it really begins, it should begin to get us to a point to understand how important this is to God, that this is is really important to God, and it can be really important to me. And if those two things meet, now you have an incredible, powerful, flourishing relationship with God, just like we read about with David or with Hezekiah or with Moses that we spent time talking about. That's a really humbling thing to to just take a moment and think about that. You know, this is this is the opportunity that God has given me through Christ to have this type of a relationship with Him, and the lengths that He was willing to go so that I could have this relationship with Him. I mean, that's that's such a humbling thing to think about. But you know, you, you're right. You brought up some of the the main characters we've talked about over the past few months with. You know, Hezekiah being one in particular that really sticks out to me, just because I I love his story and I, I love the way that he is so quick to take things to God in prayer. And you really see that humility in him, thinking about him as a king and as as somebody who is powerful and in charge. And yet when when trouble knocks at his door, he recognizes that he's essentially helpless in this situation. And his very first thought is, let me just lay this out before God. Or when his health is is in danger, I, I go to God with these things. And you can just see the humility in him, even being somebody of great power and significance among the Jews. He was so humble. And I think that that is telling in regards to, to just who he is and how keenly aware he was of the opportunity that God had given to him to have that type of a relationship with God. And so I, I think the same obviously is true for us when you know when we have an opportunity to just reflect on some of the things we've talked about, to just remember how amazing it is to be in the situation that we are in where we can uh, boldly come before the throne of God and, and take our cares, take our concerns, uh, praise Him, give Him glory. We, we can do all of that through prayer. And we have His Word. It speaks to us every time that we open it. It's just so humbling to think that the Creator of the universe uh, has us in mind in that way and has provided such an avenue of communication and relationship with Him. That That's really humbling to me. And some of the, the main people that we've talked about uh, over the course of this podcast are a good reminder of that to me. Yeah, and I think that it goes back to almost where we began in a lot of ways, or certainly the first several episodes. When you think about Hezekiah, and you made mention, and we talked a lot about it when we were talking about him directly, you know, the urgency with which he goes to God, right? It is the very first thing on his mind. It is plan A, right? It is it is the very first thing that he does when he finds himself w- with issues or with troubles or with difficulties. He's going to God first. 
And, and he does that because he understands who God is, right? Mm-hmm. He understands what God can do. And it goes to your point that you're just making. When you have an understanding of who God is, and then you couple that with that, Deity wants to have a relationship with me. I mean, it's mind-boggling, yeah. and 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 it, and it becomes now foolish mm-hmm. if I make the choice to not have a relationship with yeah. him. Right and now, we get into that category of foolishness. If if I'm now, he's made the decision. He wants to have a big relationship, a great personal relationship with me. If I then choose not to have that, or if I say no, I'm going to pass. It's ridiculous to mm-hmm. even think about it, to to do something like that. And so I think that then drives, you know, our understanding of what a relationship is. We've talked a lot about communication, right? It is the backbone of every relationship, whether it be our relationship with our spouse, which we've talked a lot about, or just a close friend, or certainly with God, everything hinges on rela- on communication. And we know that takes energy and that takes time. And that's one thing that's really stood out to me it, it is the energy that it takes to maintain a relationship. Mm-hmm. And, and, and we're willing to pay that, right? We pay that all the time in, right. in this world. But it, it's no different with God. If we want to maintain that relationship, it takes energy. It takes effort. But is it worth it? Well, think about who God is. Yeah. yeah. And when we think about who God is, it most certainly is worth it. Yeah, I think about the the zeal that, that he wants us to mm-hmm. have in the relationship with him. And, of course, the, the one that we talked about last week in Peter is a great example of someone who, who at times perhaps that zeal is misdirected. But, but he was very zealous about his relationship with Christ. He was passionate. Of course, you know, we talked about David just a few weeks ago, and you read through the Psalms, and he's someone who is extremely passionate and emotional and vulnerable with God. And you, you can see that in, in each of these individuals. You can see their character come through in the way that they interact with God. And I think God wants that from us. He's given each of us different characteristics and, and, and uniqueness about each of us that he wants to see in the relationship with him. But but we have to channel those appropriately. And we can see Peter sometimes struggling with that, even David at times struggling with that. But But when they utilize all of the gifts and the tools that God has given to them, and they channel them in the proper direction, it's amazing what happens. And, and, and like you just said, the relationship with God then flourishes. And that, that is what all of us can, uh, can strive to attain, is where we, we fully embrace everything that God has made us to be, and we channel that into a relationship with Him. Amazing things happen in our lives, in the lives of those around us, certainly in the relationship that we have with God. And that's really what we need to strive to do, is to, to look at some of these examples of, of people in Scripture and how they were able to do that. And then do some self-reflection and recognize, okay, what are my strengths? What are my weaknesses? How can I better utilize the skills and talents and abilities that God has given me to deepen my relationship with Him and to have an impact on others around me? And when we start to do that, I mean, look out, because amazing and wonderful things will happen. And that's just a testament, again, to how God created us and how He wants us to utilize everything that he has made us to be. Yeah, you know, you think about even in just the examples that we've seen in some of the people that we've talked about biblically, it it is they were able to accomplish incredible things, but the reason they were able to accomplish those things is because God was there with them, right? I mean, you think about Moses who goes from shepherd Mm -hmm. to not not even shepherding his own flock, but his (laughs) father-in-law's flock, but a shepherd uh, of his father-in-law's flock to, to leading 
uh, a nation of maybe two million people. Mm -hmm. I mean, from one spot to the next. And he he seemingly does that all all by himself, right? You look at something like that, and you're like, well, how can he accomplish something like that? How is he able to do something like that? Well, he's able to do that because of his relationship with God. Mm -hmm. You see David, who was anointed by God's prophet to be king, but doesn't become king right away, right? I mean, it's it's long before he becomes king. Yeah. But in the meantime, he's running for his life. The current king is trying to kill him. He's hiding in caves. He's he's going about all those things. We're we're familiar with the story, like David standing up against Goliath as a young man, and and you think about well, how was he able to to maintain his sanity running away when he knows that he's been made king? How was he able to maintain his courage standing in front of Goliath? Well, he's able to do those things because of his relationship with God. We talked about Peter last week, right? Peter walking on the water. Mm -hmm. How was he able to do that? Well, Jesus was with them, right? Right. And so you start to see the the pattern that's forming, that they were able to accomplish these incredible things. It is because of their relationship with God. Mm -hmm. And I'll tell you, in much the same way, it's how it works for us today, that we are able to do incredible things. We're able to to maintain the incredible amounts of faith that it takes it to walk wholly in this world, and we're able to do that not on our own, right. but we're able to do that with God. And in, in an understanding of that, should want us to hold Him as close to us as possible, so that we can make it through, just like we see these other men. Yeah, and you know we see that even in Christ Himself. We you know we talked about Him a few weeks ago, and. In particular, the the time that he spent in the Garden of Gethsemane and the times where he would separate himself early in the morning or late at night or spend all night out praying, not not to the neglect of any of the responsibilities that he had, but but even he realized the need to be close to his father and, and to keep those lines of communication open. And I think he, he's, I mean, if anybody's going to be a testament to just how important that is, certainly the Son of God who, who gave us a, a perfect example of the fact that, listen, you've got to be close to God. You've got to stay focused on Him during your life. And, you know, obviously the, the, the others that you just mentioned there are great examples of that. Uh, at times, during very difficult circumstances, they had to do their best to try and stay focused on God. And you could see the consequences when they lost that focus. Peter, of course, as you just mentioned, being a great example of that, when, when he lost that focus on Christ, he began to sink in the water or he began to act impulsively or he denied Christ. But when he stayed focused, you could see that the difference that that made in him. And Christ set a great example for us of just how important it is to, to stay focused even during difficult times, because it was the Garden of Gethsemane, the night that he was going to be betrayed, he was hours from being on the cross, and he knew his time was coming to an end. And of all of the places he could have been, all of the people he could have been talking to, everything that he could have been thinking about, at the forefront of what he knew he needed to be doing was alone in a garden praying to God. And that that tells us everything we need to know about what God, what Jesus thought of that relationship with his Father. And so I think it's a great takeaway for us as well, you know, in times of of adversity or in times of ease, stay focused on God. Don't allow your focus to be taken away because when we do, when we allow our focus to be diverted elsewhere, that's when Satan is going to creep in. He's going to take advantage of those opportunities and he's going to put distance between us and God. And if we allow that to happen, it won't take long until we look up and we realize, wow, I'm... 
I'm way far away from where I should be or where I know I could be in terms of my relationship with God. And so we have to we have to make it a priority to stay focused daily, always be thinking about it at the forefront of our minds. Yeah, and you know another uh, you know piece to that same point. Another big takeaway for me, and something that I've thought a lot about since we've talked about it, you know, if you just a few weeks ago. Is you know one of the things I think that God gives us. I mean, it's a tool certainly that He gives us. He 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 you know He's able to to put in front of us to help us stay focused. It is that the people that we have, right? Yeah, the people right. that we surround ourselves with. We talk, you know, we talked a lot about that. That the people we we surround ourselves with, they're going to do one of two things. They're going to help us get closer to God, mm-hmm. or they're going to cause us to get further away from him. I mean, that's there's no neutral yep. when it comes. So we've got to be careful about those things, but not just to be careful, but we also talked about, you know, sometimes it's easy to really spend a lot of time on the negative side of that. And there mm-hmm. is points to be made, right? Because people can influence us in a negative way. There's no question about that. But sometimes we forget that they can also influence us in a positive way that the flip side of that is now I need to really be conscious of surrounding myself with people that can help and so not just can they help me in my relationship with God they can help me to stay focused so if I'm surrounding myself with people who also value that relationship that that's only helping me stay focused on God and and uh, that's a blessing from God he has allowed those relationships and so in the choices that i make certainly with my relationship with God and the time and energy that i spend towards that relationship but now also the choices that i have to make with the people that i choose to surround myself with and, and certainly the the people I choose to spend the most time with, my spouse, I spend the most time with her. That was a choice I made. Mm-hmm. Nobody forced me into that. I got to make that. My own children, I spend a lot of time with them, my closest of friends. I mean, I make all of those choices. Nobody yep. makes those choices for me. I choose that. And so now what is the basis for that choice? Am I choosing that based upon some worldly idea mm-hmm. or am I focused on my relationship with God and because of that, now that's affecting my choices. And that, to me, is another huge takeaway outside of the energy mm-hmm. that we've made reference to already, but this, the really significant choices that we have in front of us, and the hurt, but also the help that yep. those choices can cause. One of the things I really appreciated in terms of how this material was broken up, and I know you wrote the material, so um, I really appreciated the fact that we talked both about the time that we spend with others in our collective worship and the time that we spend with others recreationally or socially, because I think what you were just talking about is is really important that it's one thing to spend time with God's family on Sundays or Wednesdays, where we get together for collective worship. We pray together, we sing together, we study together, we commune with the Lord together. We and that's that's crucial. That's that is so important that we we do that and we're we're mindful of the uh, the bond that is formed between us and God as collectively we worship and praise him and edify each other in those assemblies. But then also the the other side of that, we're even outside of our worship assemblies, we're spending time with people who continue to challenge us spiritually and continue to to help us avoid temptation and and to to help us through difficult times in our lives or to be there to celebrate with us in in joyful times. The, the, The distinction between those two is really important because both are really, really crucial 
to, de- to building a, re- a strong, healthy relationship with God. And we can't neglect either one of those. If you're spending all this time in the world socially with brothers and sisters in Christ, but you're not assembling together to worship, your relationship with God is going to struggle. But if you get together every time the doors are open at the building to worship, but then you never spend time with anyone outside of that, your relationship with God is going to still struggle. Both of those have to be present in our lives in order to, to really use the, the bond that we have in Christ and the, the, the good that we can serve one another with to, to help us grow closer to God. Both have to be present. Both have to be strong and constant in our lives. And so I, I really appreciated the opportunity to separate those, talk about each of them individually a little bit, because I, I think that's something that is is oftentimes conflated when in reality they need to be looked at separately because both deserve our attention and our thought as we think about how we are interacting with one another and the impact that has on us and God. Yeah, and I think God does that even you know in the you know the book that He gives us and His Word. I mean, He He provides us that distinction. You know, if you're uh, you know listening to this, you know, a sermon that John and I did now several weeks ago on uh, one another, right? You can find that if you're interested in, in listening to those. But you know, we made the point that there's lots. I mean, lots and lots of passages about our attitudes towards one another, and there are general attitudes that we are to have. But yet, there are specific attitudes that we are to have with each other in regards to worship. Yeah. But yet, other attitudes that we are to have with each other just in life, in you know, in, in our day to day, right? And so you have that. You have both of those, and that again is God and His wisdom knowing that we we need each other we need each other in order to help us in our relationship with him but yet it has to be the right kind of choices that we make and so our mindset has to be how am i making those choices what am i basing those choices on am i basing those choices on hey we both like to golf and so i'm going to hang out with you or we both love jesus and so now it becomes a priority thing for sure, but we'll stick with the word that you've used, focus, because I think it certainly plays here. Yeah, I think that's a good place to stop for this study. Uh, as we've mentioned already at times in the past, as we've talked about this, this is actually a Bible class curriculum that, that Jeremy and some others developed, and, and periodically in our adult classes, we'll actually spend 32 lessons uh, on this as a class in a classroom setting. And so if you're interested in continuing this study, there will be opportunities uh, here at Traders Point to, to study this and, and other classes similar to it. Uh, we certainly would like to invite you to come and join us for any of those. You can find information on Times of Worship and uh, on our website at traderspointchurch.org. So please take advantage of that. But we want to thank you for just taking the last 17 weeks to study this with us. It's certainly been an enjoyable study for me, and hopefully it proved beneficial and helpful to you as well. So as I mentioned, the podcast will continue. Don't worry, we're going to keep we're going to keep chugging along with that. We'll be back on here next week with some information about what's going to be next. And so please continue to join us as uh, we'll continue to try and do our best uh, to uh, study and to talk about God's Word and what He wants us to be and how we can grow closer to Him. So thank you for your time, and we'll talk to you next week.